0: Episode 359: The Rant. Kevin Span, energy on 100, ambition on 1000, success on a million. It's only fitting that I say this. Happy birthday, Kevin. In this pod we discuss his upbringing in Chicago, getting transported to Long Island, going after it in basketball, playing D1, coaching D3, and shining a light on youth basketball and women's basketball which he got game. All that and more. My conversation with Kevin now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury train station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800 square foot cyclorama wall studio, a state of the art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, A quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting. And most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Methodical Millionaire. Malachi Wilson and Ralph Arnola's combine forces to talk to people from all walks to discuss where they are in life and where do they want to go. Ever thought about being a millionaire? Sure you did. Do you know what it takes to become one? Join us for a -a one-of-a-kind ride to discuss how someone can achieve their financial goals, attain financial freedom, make money work for you in a methodical way. Join us each week as we drop an episode one podcast at a time. Find The Methodical Millionaire wherever you hear your favorite pods. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref. I'm with a super special guest, somebody that just gave me his whole Wikipedia story in about 30 minutes. He he told me it was going to be 30 seconds, but it, it ended up being 30 minutes. But, you know, I have somebody that I, I think is really special, somebody that's united in, you know, my, my, um I guess my, my purpose of just putting Long Island in the map anywhere and everywhere, man. I just, I really love it here. You know, I've laid down roots. I'm from here. Uh, somebody that's played in the Catholic League on Long Island, uh, somebody that's played at the D1 level, somebody that's coached at a very young age at the collegiate level and played a little bit of pro and is also uh, an entrepreneur through and through in so many ways, Um, CEO of Span Incorporated, um, also just started this new initiative, Uh, She's Got Game 3-on-3, which basically uh, served the need. But we'll get into all of those things I'm really honored to have Mr. Kevin Spann. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm very good, man. Pleasure to have you, man. I appreciate you. Referee Rand is is, uh, is on the move, man. I've been watching for a couple months now.
0: Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, I, I want to just, first, before anything, I, my heart goes out to all those people in Ukraine, man. It's, you know, I was thinking about this today, like, if it was me and you, and there was another country that was kind of similar to us, and they were like, yo, we got to move to Canada, but... Your whole family gotta leave and me and Kevin gotta stay here and we got rifles. Like would you would you wanna go? Would you like Oh no I'm in a, Would I, you, would you be in Babylon like popping it?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like controversy, so I'm a little different. <laughs> right. Uh I'm more like a I'm a I'm a trained warrior. Like I study war, mm. right? So I'm a little different because um obviously when you study like Susan art of war, you're gonna beat your opponent. You know, it's it's unfortunate because with what's going on politically it affects a lot of families, children and women. Um, because, you know, men can't sit down and, and have, uh, you know, commonalities. We can't talk our issues through Mm. and, and, you know, people don't notice, but as in the human condition, I study psychology, we all have an insatiable desire for conflict. We do. So whether it's taking, conquering war or conquering data or conquering, you know, real estate, war is war. So you must train for and be a skilled, skilled warrior. So I, I'll be with the rifles with you out there. Let's roll.
0: Yeah, yeah. Listen, but like I said, my heart really goes out to the people of Ukraine. I hope they stay safe and I hope they, you know, defend their country to the fullest. It's just such a weird time. And we're taping this on March 2nd, 2022. You know, if we even just talking about New York state, they just uplifted and took out the, uh, the mask mandate for schools, which is weird because I just got the email saying like, I can ref without a mask, which is like, you know, I haven't done that in two years. I'm just like completely used to it now. But, you know, the whole machinations of how things were pre-pandemic and how things are now, I think no one has ever like realized or, you know, really laid bare of just accepting that this was always going to be here. This was never not going to be here. We just had to try to figure it out because as, you know, contrary to popular belief, the Spanish flu, which I remember in the beginning, everyone was like, oh, we got to learn how to live with it like the flu. Yeah, the the flu was very damaging the same way, like for four years, and then eventually it got normalized the way we have vaccines now. But, you know, just all those machinations, I know as an entrepreneur, you found that there was probably a pocket and opening that you probably exploited. And, you know, as have I, where my podcast has grown and I've been able to do a lot of different things and just have a lot of different opportunities, you know, even just talking to you today. But I want to go back to like the beginning of the pandemic. Matter of fact, before the pandemic, and we talked about this, Let's let's go back to January 2020. You know, I'll, I'll talk about what I was doing. You know that young that young uh, black lady that uh, officiates in the NFL I now. Do Maya? I do? I'm with her, wow. and we're reffing a basketball game Very at the nice. Gaucho's. Very nice. And all these NBA scouts are watching us. And you know it's crazy. We're doing all these prep schools, all these high level girls games. And I remember we had a blowout. Mm-hmm. But you know how Gaucho's is. It's a smoke. It, it doesn't matter what the score is. It's just like everything it entails, right? There's a DJ there. You know, the teams are playing as hard as possible, and I'll never forget this man. One team is up by 30, and they call a timeout. And I remember it's the 32nd time I saw they had to stay on the floor. And then the coach comes up to me, the one that was up by 30. He's like, "Yo, yo!" And I'm like, "What? What? What does he want? They up mm-hmm. by 30? Like, mm-hmm. he's like, "Kobe died. Kobe died." And I'm like, "That that can't be true. Yeah. That can't be true." And you know, just like you told me your story, which you're going to share in a second it sounds so farcical that you don't want to believe it. Yeah. You just don't want to believe that. Yeah. And rest assured, right after the timeout happened, the PA went up and said, you know, I just want to give a moment of silence mm-hmm. to Kobe Bryant and his daughter who, who just lost their life in a helicopter crash. I still don't want to believe it. Yeah. I still did not want to believe it. What was your recollection of that day?
1: Uh, uh, my best friend is Danny Green, and I moved to L.A. September of 19. So um, I went to a lot of the home liquor games. Um... Danny actually had a great put-back dunk one game and they got him drug-tested afterwards because his elbow was by the rim. But Kobe and Gianna was actually at that game and Kobe gave Danny a dap, just saying, welcome to L.A., you know, you look great. And so um, I knew that Gianna was a reason why Kobe got back into basketball. Mm. They sat right at the 50-yard line, you know, at the Staples and next to Kevin Hart and stuff like that. And, and Gianna was a big fan of the next up-and-coming talent. She had a, she loved uh, Trey Young. She loved Luca, And those were, you know, mama students. And so... Um, you know, my mom called me and said, you know, is it true? Cause I live in L.A. Like, literally, waiting for Danny to land. LeBron had just passed, Kobe and points. Danny's on a plane coming back from Philly, and I was texting him. You know, he couldn't talk because he's on a plane, but, you know, just talking to Danny about it, and it was uh, heartbreaking, man. And then I went to the game of the funeral. You know, Usher performed, and it was 25,000 Kobe shirts out there. So um, on an emotional level, uh, I'm still affected by it. Uh, but on a mental, psychological level, Kobe Bryant did one of the bravest things in the world of letting us into his mind of what it takes to be addicted to your craft, what it takes to be um, obsessive with your craft. So Mamba mentality, he gave us the blueprint mm. um, and he gave us a legacy. And so a big part of She Got Game was what he would have done for Gianna Bryant. You know, I mean, this this young woman was in fifth grade going to UConn games. You know, she was studying the game at a very young age. And when people say, hey, Kobe, do you want a boy? Kobe would always say, yo, now Gianna, is Gianna. I got mm. a Gianna. I don't need a boy. Right. That's how good she was. So, um, you know, for Kobe to literally dedicate his life to a game and dedicate um his everything. And he was headed to a a basketball game with Gianna and her teammates at the Mamba Academy in LA. Um, you know, we don't control our destiny, we don't control our 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 departure from this world. Mm. Um, but they will feel our legacy. So Spain Incorporated is about legacy, it's about family and um and that's what it's all about.
0: I'm really interested to get into that, but, you know, right after that happened, obviously it was a very, you know, raw, emotional, visceral feeling uh, when we lost one of our best players of all time. And then we didn't know that the the, the sky was going to fall right after that. And then, you know, we think about two years time around this time where we still at March 2nd, 2020, we didn't know what was going to go down. But then when the NBA shut down, I'll never forget that night. I was drinking Henny. I was doing a podcast and I'm thinking like, oh, I don't got to come in. I was yeah. supposed to do an adult league game. And they were like, yeah, don't come in. This, this coronavirus thing is getting crazy. I did not know we were going to be shut out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And I think about, you know, Danny's season where it's like, you know, <laughs> yo, for, the, for, the lo- for the longest time,
1: yeah.
0: there just didn't seem like there was any path of playing. Oh, so yeah. I don't even know if he was working out. No, no, I don't know no. if you, I was getting it in. I, but uh, where were you at? Um,
1: I was in L.A. Um, it was a whirlwind. I was a head coach of a college program for five years and um, my first year went to a championship and I had three players make all all conference. Uh, the next four years was a challenge because Division three is cyclical. Mm. It's not like D1 where you get a big budget in dorms. Right. You get the D3 is like, you need to put together five to seven players that groom together. So the next four years was really just me trying to develop a program but without dorms, it was a challenge at St. Joseph's College in Patchogue. So I was at a standstill and, you know... Uh, at the time, Danny was playing with the Toronto Raptors. You know, he had just left San Antonio, which was an eight-year um, relationship with him. And Danny won a championship in Toronto where we've been going there for 14 years to do basketball camps. Right. Since 2008, Danny called me up, hey, listen, I'm doing camps up in Ontario, roll with me. That's me and Danny's passion project. We love camps for kids in the summer. So every summer from 08 to 2021, we go to Ontario and do a camp called Olympia Basketball Camp. When Danny became a Raptor, That's 12 years of family up there waiting for us to come up there. Right. So my business partner, Darren Duncan, uh, did a great job of putting together a six-city tour. We did Toronto, uh, uh, Ottawa, Halifax, Montreal, Winnipeg, and Vancouver. Darren had a great Canadian career up there, and, you know, he had a lot of business relationships, and Danny was on the Raptors, and I came up there just to help out and kind of put some things together as a camp director. And Danny won a championship. We got Drake on the bus with us. Mm. You know, we got- A lot um, of OVO come flowing. On, we got Puma mm. just sending a jet from Hove. Right. We got Ace of Spade and Deuce going. I mean, we are some 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 rock stars right now. Mm. And in the middle of the camp, Danny's like, yo, you know, I might go somewhere else. Free agency's a little wild. Dallas is calling. Lakers are calling. We're eating dinner in Vancouver. And Polinka's calling like, yo, we want you to come to Lakers. We just set up shop in Toronto. I'm just leaving New York And now he's a Laker. (laughs) So San Antonio, Toronto to LA in 12 months. But you were thinking about the
0: climate change,
1: right? Yeah, but I'm happy because as kids, we dreamed of it. When we were 12, 13 in the backyard hooping, I'm like, D, if one of us make it to Miami Heat or the Lakers or the Clippers, (laughs) we're going to go. And we played Panthers together. Me and they played AAU from 2000 to 2004 together. We were dreaming of this stuff. Now he's here. Mm. So our wildest dreams came true at 33, 34 years old. I called my parents. I'm moving to LA. Where are you going to stay at? I have no idea. Just ship the car out there. I got a buddy who had a, a pool house in the back who gave it to me for like a thousand a month and let's get it. Let's figure it out. Mm. Also, the top talent was in California at that time. So with the basketball business we built, Battle and Apple, we had the top high school kids in the country coming to play at the Barclays Center. So I was getting myself, my, my business partner, Darren Duncan, Danny, we had a Barclays relationship. Puma was our sponsor and um, LA had all the top talent from Zaire Williams who's now on the Memphis Grizzlies, B.J. Boston, Brandon Boston Jr., who's now on the Clippers. Um, Evan Mobley was number one player in California at the time. Love, he's, love on the, watching he's on the Cavs. Uh, Josh Christopher is, is my prospect. Mm-hmm. He's now in Houston Rockets. He was at Mayfair. Dior Johnson, the one point guard from New York, he's now being highly touted. So we moved there with purpose. And so moving into L.A. in September of 19, I'm after all these top kids. J- Jalen Green was up north, uh, closer to San Francisco, at a top prolific prep was his school, I want to say. Um, McCormaker Stomaker's little brother We're chasing him down So we went out to LA To hit the ground running And build our second event For Battle on Apple So we came in Shut it down year two In December of 19 We're heading to 20 Danny's rocking with the Lakers Danny had 28 points His first game Beat Kareem's record So I'm flying high right. Before COVID of 2020 I turned 34 years old My dad and my uncle Came out to visit me We check a A Laker Clipper game With Kawhi and Braun Going at it Two days we got a Laker Milwaukee game Giannis and Braun Going at it Danny's lighting it up I'm getting a haircut and the world stops. No NBA, no NCAA, Devontae Green, Danny's little brother. You know, Devontae's about to score 1,000 points at Indiana University, go to the tournament, get off. No tournament for Devontae. No McDonald's American game for all of our prospects. No Wendy's Classic, no Jordan Brand Classic. The world stops. I spent a lot of time in therapy between March March 20 and, and where we are, March 22, because it didn't make sense to me. I couldn't organize my thoughts on what's going on. So that's where I was at. And then when Kobe died a couple weeks out, I mean, a couple weeks before the pandemic, you got us dealing with the death of Kobe Bryant. I think we had lost Nipsey the year before that, Nipsey Hustle. Nip, I'm sorry, yep, Nip. And then we lost Chadwick Bozeman. So these are three black men in different industries that inspired me every day. Nip, Chadwick, and Kobe gone. No NBA, no NCA. What you want Kevin Spann to do?
0: What you, what you want me to do? Especially when, when you basketball. And then, you know, just from, from my perspective. What you want me to do? Yeah. Yo, I was doing a game in Mega Evers. Pop Smoke just died, yep. right? Oh, yeah. Pop Smoke died in L.A. So it, was, it was going like, you Young know, boy, yeah. the, the, it, was, it was standing room only. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yo, I make referee rant. Yeah. I ain't reffing no more. Yeah. What am I going to do? There it is. I have no idea what is. I'm going to do. So, you know, I, came, I had a come to Jesus moment like, you know what? I'm going to just drink these White Claws. <laughs> I'm going to just gain weight. I'm gonna just watch Trump oh, every man. at six o'clock. Yeah. Yo, there was nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I remember when the bubble came back, yeah. right? It was like, I, and the games were like one o'clock, three o'clock, mm-hmm. five o'clock. It was like must see TV because we was. couldn't believe that there was anything on. Exactly. Where, where was you at uh, during the bubble?
1: <laughs> man, I'm in. A, I'm, I'm between LA and New York, so I still I still own my house in in Patchogue, Long Island. I, I bought a house at 28 right by St. Joseph's College because I was going to be committed to the program. It's a rental property now. Um, you know, so I have tenants now and then I have my apartment in LA. So, um, during that time, man, I'm, I'm actually opposite of you. Uh, I don't do go with idle time unless I have a plan. So I was working out every day. I was my boy, Amjad Osman, uh, my roommate, uh, Tori, we were riding our bikes. My man, Tori put together bike ride for black lives in LA. We had 400 people riding 30 miles on a bike to bring light to the George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor situation. Um, I was doing keto diet, so I took out carbs and sugar, You know, LA is very health conscious. I was running four or five miles a day doing my pushups. I was boxing, right? I was hiking. I was on the beach. Um, You know, I was getting shots with Danny, keep him sharp. You know, me and Danny had a little middle school out there. Uh, Shout out to my man, uh, Kev, who's an NBA trainer, had Danny in the gym. And we were just waiting for the opportunity to get Danny back on the court. So when Danny went to the bubble, I want to say July. You didn't go to the bubble, right? No, I didn't go to the bubble. Um... Danny uh Danny went with uh, his, his uh, you know right now wife to be uh, my sister in law uh, uh, Blair Green they both went so you know, we just held down the fort the dogs in the house in L A while they went to the bubble just checked on him every day make sure he was good mentally you know what I mean to to be a, a, a NBA player ten years in you have a certain lifestyle yeah Danny gave up a house on the beach with two no, dogs was and wild. a beautiful fiance to go to the wild. bubble mm-hmm. and it's like he was in prep school again
0: well worth it though
1: well worth it but understand that this is a grown man. Living a very good quality of life, but he earned. Mm. And now he's like, Span, I, like, I feel like I'm back at five-star camp. You know what I mean? Like it was a little challenging. And then you got the, the, the we're dealing with a lot of uh, police brutality amongst disenfranchised communities in the black community. So it was very challenging what was going on in the bubble, but they won it. They stuck to it. They won it. He came home. We celebrated. We're in Vegas. We're in San Diego. Threw a couple nice dinners for him and a wife. And, you know, it was family. LA was my chance to connect with my friends and my family. I left my blood family, my mother, my father my two brothers, my niece, my nephew, to be with my my friend family. And we just build community out there. My man Harrison Sanford went to Lawrence Whitmere. He's Danny's co-host of Inside the Green Room. I'm Judd Osman, executive producer. So uh, DJ Night Train, shout out DJ Night Train as, um, you know, uh, uh, dream bill DJ. Uh, so I have a network in L.A. of just entrepreneurs like yourself that we get at noon and midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, we just grind it out to build something that's going to stand before we you know we're not going to be here no more. So um, it was challenging, um, but he did it. He went back to back. Uh, one of the only guards in NBA history. And and I talk for Danny because Danny, Danny's a humble kid. That's all I love about Danny. He's humble. He's professional. He's about family. He's about community. But there's a lot of disrespect that happens when Danny misses a shot or misses defensive assignment. And so, so once in a while, we got to talk our talk sometimes. And, yeah. you know, so for Danny to be, outside of him and LeBron, the only guy to win three chips with three different teams, it's a testament to his dedication. He get to it. Yeah. No excuses. Yeah. He gets traded. He picks up. He's right there. He's, saying, yeah, he's a veteran. With the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm there with him now in Philly. And um he's just gonna stay true to his legacy. Yeah. And I just I just want to be the storyteller to be around it to let people know how hard work it is. Yeah. How hard the work is to maintain that. People think it's easy because he's from Long Island. Oh and no. They knew him. And, oh, St. Mary's Oh no, UNC. No, he put work in. Oh yeah. He on a treadmill at thirty four years old. They ain't put work in. Yo, they I know people <laughs> I know people that
0: are so amazing at basketball and they can't even sniff the lead.
1: No, they can't. Yeah. You know, so Danny Danny's a he's a staple in the NBA. He's in the NBA history, the top three point shooter in playoff history. Yeah, in the finals, top fifty, top forty three point shooter ever.
0: Yo, best performance oh, I've man. ever seen him do. So, 2013 you know, my brother, my NBA Finals.
1: To it, man. I talk I talk for him because yeah, he's so humble that he act like it's, Danny, what you do is not normal. You didn't play with the goat, so you know I I talk, I talk my talk for my brother because um when it's all said and done, you can't compare his career to anybody. Mm. He's a winner everywhere you go. Put him anywhere, he gonna win. Yeah. We're going to die trying. Yeah. That's why I love Danny Green. And he
0: has a great chance of Come winning on, this year. We got so. Harden
1: now. We got MB. You got But you got my brother, who's a three-time NBA champion, a veteran, who's going to do whatever it takes for the win. Mm. I don't care about Danny's numbers, right? Because when it's when time to shine, numbers don't lie.
0: Mm. That's all. Yeah, yeah. So we going for the fourth round. I don't think right. anybody's won four championships with four different teams. Nope. So that's... But he's he's just focused on yeah, right kiss, now. So him with an
1: apron, just cooking.
0: Yeah, wish you luck, Danny. Hey, yeah. Long Island's always always going to be behind that, man. Let me ask you something, though. Out of all of the things that have happened in the pandemic, all the machinations, like from Kobe dying to it being shut down to you changing your diet for you to be connecting in L.A., for you to just keep in tabs with Danny and his family and making sure all of your mental health is right, and then you know just really evolving it to all these different opportunities that you have now starting at 2022. What do you think you learned about yourself? During this whole time,
1: um, when there's blood in the streets, by right, <laughs> that's a Warren Buffett uh, mindset. Of uh, we have to remember this, man. We're we're supposed to we're, it's, it's survive in advance, survival of the fittest. Um, control the controllables mm-hmm. is my mindset. Is I can't control the climate. I can't control you know the government. I can't control taxes. It's Kevin span control with Kevin span control being the best version and being better than yesterday for him. My well, only competition is me. Mm. So COVID gave me a chance to slow down the frequency, slow down the pace, quiet my mind, and focus on, God willing, when the world does open back up. I lost a lot of people. I lost a cousin. I lost an uncle. I lost a lot of mentors. Um, so I had to kind of quiet down for a bit and remember what's important to me, which is family. So I produced a movie for my mother called Dear Denise. That was my old. I, my mom had me at 17 from Inch High School. My mom was in the 1984 Inch Girls State Championship team. And her senior year, she, you know, she was uh, met my father and they fell in love. And, you know, I'm a product of a love story. My parents had the 36th anniversary last night.
0: Amazing. Because Mac and cheese
1: and steak last night pouring champagne. So my commitment to my family, my legacy. And my mom loved the game. My dad loves the game. So I'm just a product of, uh, you know, Romeo and Juliet at wine mm. And so I made my mother a 25-minute short film. I produced it myself, directed it. My man, John Ager, helped me produce and direct it. You know, John, my referee, that's my brother. That's my twin brother. You know, John's a better version of me. Who the one that you got know? the most drip out of y'all? What you mean? Who, who got the most?
0: Every time I see John, I'm like, this guy. What's the most drip? He just got the most drip to me.
1: Oh, no. Nah, so that's what I'm trying to say. When we twin brothers, I mean that, like, John the left arm, I'm the right arm. Like, John been swaggy since day one. He been swaggy right? since But John, swag. John helped me. John styled me for my mom's premiere. Um, he styles Danny. You know, and John, don't get it twisted. John can shoot that basketball. Oh, yeah. you know. I've but understand this, John is like a Jamie Foxx. He's a man of multi-talents. I'm a multi hustler. John's a multi entrepreneur. So me and John, we get to it left and right. So John is a stylist. He has a trucking business. He's a referee. You know, he's he, he has an eye for talent. Um, he does fashion shows. He's a, he's a he's an actor, right? So me and John always connect, but um, but my mom's movie meant a lot because I was my ode to basketball. I played with mm. my mother and my father, right? And so my why is bigger than everybody's. You might find more talent to me or better ties to me, but my why is bigger. That's why on a court from from fourteen to twenty-five, if you compare my career to anybody It's only a couple of guys you can kind of say, but my why was like, I'm going to make my parents happy, Mm. right? When I'm, when I'm gone, they're going to know what Kevin Spann meant because he had two parents and a great love story, but I get to it because my why is bigger. So I produced a short film. Um, I was brokering yachts. You know, I love the water. I'm a Pisces. My birthday is March 8th. Shout out to the Pisces people. My dad's a Pisces. My brother's a Pisces. So um, I I brokered yacht experiences um, for disenfranchised people. I have a cigar lounge in LA. Uh, Lone Wolf Cigars. Shout out to my guy, Dave, who gives me an opportunity to broker my business with NBA NFL clients. Um, I'm a day trader. I'm, on, I'm in the stock market. So I was in, I was up at 4 in the morning in L.A., which is 7 a.m. in New York. And I trade commodities. I trade Forex. You know, I trade options. Um, shout out to all my people in the, in the Wall Street world. So basketball is one of my many talents. But COVID was a great time for me because I re- slowed my pace down, and I figured out, what I want to do the next 30 years, not the next three months or the next three days or next three hours— And then I started to position myself based on, um, you know, the second chapter of my life. The first chapter was great. First 35 years is popping, but the next 35 is going to be even better. Mm. I'm just getting to it. Mm. That's the scary part. Yeah. You take a kid from Chicago that dominated Long Island and dominated college basketball and dominated coaching college basketball and dominates business. I'm just getting to it. Mm. I'll be 36 next week. Oh, we're getting old. I'm getting young. <laughs> I'm getting better. My moves are
0: better. Yeah, man. Listen, they always say that uh a, a person's, their, their peak is normally from 35 up. Oh, when, I'm when ready. They start. I feel like a
1: freshman all over. Yeah, man. Give me the ball, coach.
0: Let's talk about, you know, those first 35 years, that first chapter. Obviously, your parents have a love story, but, uh, you know, I think people are confused right now about the whole Chicago, Long Island thing. So let's, you know, having said that, let's talk about where you grew up. Ooh, what did you play growing up? Yeah. What did you play in middle school, high school, yeah. and
1: then college? Oh, of course, man. So, like I said, man, my parents are both uh, graduates of Wyandage High School. My dad, class of 80, mom, class of 85, and um, I was born 86 the first five years, man, from Wyandage, man. That's my that's my family. I have 40, 40 first cousins on both sides. Mom, big family, dad, big family, so I grew up around a lot of love, you know. I hate when people say from the bottom as if there's no love Then I had a lot of love around me. My uncles, my aunts, my cousins, my community, Wyandage Day, everything, but... My father had a chance to further his career uh, with Allstate Insurance. So we, we moved to Chicago in 91. I was five. And um, that was hard for me because I, I left everything behind. Um, but, I you know, I would love out there, and we, we we figured it out. My dad's an entrepreneur. My mom's an entrepreneur. So I had, a, I had my kid brother in 92. So I was a big brother by, by six, six, seven years old. And the best part of Chicago, man, I'm going to stay on the positive so get to the negative. I got a chance to watch The Birth of Michael Jordan. I saw Michael Jeffrey Jordan dominate from 92 to 98 and win six chips in eight years. And he's my GOAT. You know, I know kids like LeBron and Kobe, and I get that, but I watch Michael Jordan get to it every day. And his kids, Jeffrey and Marcus, play for the same AAU program I played for, which is called the the Rising Stars. It's just like Long Island Lightning. Mm-hmm. I'm a little older than Marcus and Jeffrey, but I saw the GOAT every day, right? Um, I got a chance to grow up with some of the best, you know, city, city broken. I mean, talking about Sean Dockery, Will Bynum, Eddie Curry. There was a show called Chicago Preps. Those were my big brothers. Sean Livingston was my competition from fifth to eighth grade. So when I say the level of basketball in Chicago was so high, I was very blessed to just have the right journey. And have a great parents and I had an older brother older cousin named Eric Williams, who was one of the top touted big men, but that made me want to be the best. So by seventh grade, I was one the top fifty players in the country. It's on paper, it's not my opinion. Like I was for Phenom Camp, Sebastian Telfair, J.R. Smith, Josh Smith, Dwight Howard, um, you know, Sean Livingston. And, you know, I wasn't as athletic as those guys but my desire was that of something different by eighth grade i was playing varsity in eighth grade in chicago i was next kid up but you know my grandparents getting older and wanting dance my parents to come back home be around the family um i was happy for my parents to connect with their family again but i was depressed because i just left everything i built
0: now were you fighting that though in the moment I was, because i know what it's I like was, man my parents made me yeah. go to kellenberg and i yeah, didn't yeah, yeah, i did yeah, not yeah. want to do it
1: uh i th- I, I I'm a mama and a daddy's boy now at 35. And I thank them because I know I was very difficult in my teenage years. Um, I was a 13-year-old kid with a 20-year-old heart. Um, bit of a troublemaker, you know. Didn't always listen. Uh, had some troublemaking friends. A lot of my friends died in middle school. So I don't want to say that I was around a gang violence, but I was around a gang violence, if you know what I mean. I lost like eight friends in three years. So my relationship with death is a little different because I went to a lot of funerals. I went to more funerals and birthday parties, if you know what I mean, before 14, and I just knew that. Um, my best friend died, my mother's birthday, when I was 13. Um, that's the only thing to this day that still shakes me up a little bit because I never got to say goodbye. And I tell people that, you know, um, there's two types of pain. One that hurts and one that changes you. And I changed it forever because I couldn't say goodbye. He believed in me. So when I play, I play for my parents. I play for my family. I also play for the guys that aren't here. So at 14, I wasn't really 14. And that's when we take basketball very serious. I'm a funny guy. I'm a class clown. I'm a funny guy. Crack jokes. I want people to feel good around me. But when we get to the four lines, we got to get to it. So Chicago, that Pat Bev mentality, that Tony Allen, lock Kobe up, some dogs out there, that D-way Jimmy Butler, Chicago got a different frequency. So that gave me an advantage back like to New York because New York is, uh, is bright lights and swag and there's my shoe match, my pants, is my hair cut tight, and you're not hungry like me. So I was only 14-year-old playing with 18-year-olds, and if you look at my career, I mean, I was a freshman and I stole a varsity spot. They didn't give it to me. I stole it because I beat everybody one-on-one. I either beat you up or I'll just take you, I'll just, I'll beat you one-on-one or we could just fight. That was my mentality. And so my freshman year in North Babylon, I met Danny Green, was in eighth grade, and Raheem Vanderbilt in eighth grade. Those are my guys. We played every day for four or five hours. But we won a league championship my first five months. I was ranked top 30 in New York by the time, I'm in, in three months, because I was serious about it. I won a Gauchos national championship with Sunday out of games, Russell Robinson, Ron Ramon. Because my Chicago team was so good, my Chicago coach called the Gauchos coach, and I was the best player uh, off the bench, 12 and 7, in like 25 minutes. That gave me confidence. Jerry Powell, basketball results, Jerry Powell, I was his first client, and he didn't give it to me. I took it from him. <laughs> Meaning, like, I put, I'm put, like, Jerry Powell, I'm going to train with you whether you like it or not. I'm going to come here every day and bother you. And he was like, nah. Nah, you're not coming. And then I'm like, let me guard Mike James. Let me guard Ben Golden. Let me get to it. Let me he thought him. you was crazy. Oh, he thought I was crazy. Let me get to it. But he had to respect my crazy. And so uh, Jerry Powell's my big brother. Like, he really believed in me when no one else did I gave a 5'11 kid a chance. I took it from him. And I came to the Catholic League. I know you're Kellenberger. I'm St. John the Baptist, right? If you look at the top guards in St. John and Catholic school history ever, no one has my career under six feet, right? I came in as a sophomore as the best player on the team with Donald Brown, Marvin Cheese, and we were the third best team in the Catholic League with Tim Doyle and Mamadou Diakate. I'm asking to guard Mama do a 5'9, 160.
2: Mm.
1: He's 30 years old, 6'5, 220. <laughs> he said he's 30. Tim Doyle, 25, 6'6, six, six, 220. I'm guarding both of them full court. I'm holding my own. He might have been 32, yeah. And I averaged 15 my sophomore year. I want to smoke. My junior year, we we're the third best team. But now Danny Green and Mama do, we get to it. Mm. My senior year, I led the Catholic League in scoring. 30 balls, St. Mary's. I love you, John Ager. I love you, Danny Rashad. 30 ball, different. Now, nah, I didn't win. They beat me by 30, but they they, they, they knew who Kevin Spann was. Mm. And I broke my elbow and did my senior year. and Ended going to prep school with a top 75 player in the country in prep school. It's not my opinion. It's just facts. You can Google it. I don't lie to people. You can Google my name and pull up. And I got my Division I scholarship. So when every father and every ref and every coach and every AU coach didn't think I'd go D1, my biggest revenge is massive success. I didn't just play D1. My first game was against Florida University. Joe Kim, Noah, Corey Brewer, Al Hoffert, and I got to it. Pittsburgh, called Krauser. I got to it. I played at the Garden my freshman year against UMass and Columbia with my, with my whole hood from is coming to see it. I ain't mm. lie to y'all. Mm. I did what I said I was going to do. And all the haters and people thought I couldn't do it, they run from me now. They scared. They won't pick the phone up. I see them. They walk out the gym because they said I couldn't do it. But my biggest revenge was massive success. And we went to the championship my freshman I played with Keyes and Clark, Nation's leading scorer. We both getting double-doubles. I had a chance to see a 5'10 gig get to it and play overseas and make over a million dollars in 12 years. So my whole motto my whole motto is a George Bernard Shaw quote. The reasonable man bends his will to the world. You think what people say is real. The unreasonable man bends the world to his will. While I'm here, you're gonna hear me roar. So all progress relies on unreasonable. I'm extremely unreasonable. My dreams are huge. My dreams scare people. People don't pick up the phone call and call. They're gonna say some crazy stuff, but I'm gonna get to it. So um, Long Island to me was a chance to prove myself because I'm not a Long Island. I'm a Chicago kid, but Long Island was my platform to paint. And since then, there's been four Division One point guards since St. John the Baptist. I produced four five thousand point scores, St. Joseph's College, and you could say if it's others or it's me, but but you know I get to it. So mm. you know that's that's my that's my ode to basketball. And now Spain Incorporated, we're here to help the kids get Division One, Division Two scholarships. We're here to help women get overseas contracts. Help women get to the WNBA. We're here to help um professionals maintain their uh you know their desires of being a pro player work out, train but also understand how money works financial literacy is everything to me right what's the purpose of playing ball if you can't make no money afterwards if you can't build your brand so span incorporate about building your personal brand i want to build a referee brand right how come we don't have a beverage deal right now right A what, shoe deal right because I, I didn't deal. mess with span inc yet that's it Why you don't have a travel deal? i want a JetBlue deal. Why you and your wife not traveling everywhere? I don't know if you're married or not, but like, why you don't have a car deal right now? (laughs) A restaurant deal? Brand. Let's build a brand up. So with COVID for me, COVID put the power back into the mom and pop store, right? It took away from the big industry, the Amazon, the Facebook, the Google. You see the markets down right now because the people realize their power. That's what COVID did. So mm. I love it.
0: Mm. I, I do want to get into your injury, your senior year. Mm-hmm. How did that change, you know, your trajectory of like, because um, I, I know you had y- your sights set on, on yeah. being pro. I mean,
1: we got to just call a spade a spade. Basketball is a sport of verticality, right? The tall guy wins, especially the era that we played in. You're 98, I'm 04. Back in our day, the big man was rewarded being seven feet. But to me, I'm a giant slayer because that's not a talent. Your mom being 6'5", your dad being 6'10", you're not talented, you're tall. Let me guard him, coach. Him I'm going to elbow you in the stomach. <laughs> I'm going to pop you in the shorts. I'm going to step on your shoes. I'm going to test your texture. So being tall is not a talent. But unfortunately, in the era I played in, we had to feed the big man, give him 30 touches down low and watch a bunch of broke free throws and miss hook shots. But I didn't subscribe to that, so I was a guard that scored, but I was ahead of my time. Averaging 30 points at 5'11 wasn't the goal of a Division One coach. So I had to humble myself. I broke my elbow. And the doctor said, you might be out for five months. I came back in three weeks and had another four 30-point games. I played with a broken elbow. I'm crazy, right? And my mom my mom was pregnant with my little brother, and she knew I was crazy, so I didn't need a surgery. I didn't have a cast. I just did my little, you know, my vice grips and got my my forearms stronger and did my pull-ups with a broken elbow and got back to it. But I went to prep school. You know, it was like a fifth, a fifth year of high school and played with bigger guys. I had to prove that I could play versus six, eight, to seven feet. We went to the quarterfinals, the national championship. I took my D1 scholarship. These kids need to know you're not going to Division one of Long Island if the average big man is 6'1". Mm. go to ACC and the average big man is 6'11". Right. You want to uh, be a shooting guard at 5'8", but the average shooting guard at D1 is 6'7". So let's talk about some of the top kids in Long Island that had challenging wake-up calls. When you go D1, you're not the man anymore. Mm. But guess what? I'm not used to being the man. I'm used to stealing it from the man. So, you know, like I said, I stole the Division one scholarship. They didn't give it to me. I took it. I can teach kids how to take things. I can't teach you how to wait and see if it comes out the sky like a stork. No, you got to really grind it out. And when people say, is this kid D1? I don't know. Because Division I is being good for eight months, not good for a night. So I don't care about little Johnny averaging 20 at Kellenberg on Tuesday and Friday. Is he good every day when there's a 23-year-old red redshirt 6'5 kid from Yugoslavia who was in a European military and now is playing college ball? You got to guard that guy. Mm. You got to guard that 7'1 kid from Africa with a 40-inch vertical. You're Guard that shooter from Indiana that's lights out Joe Harris. Is he that good? That I don't know. Mm. We'll find out though.
0: How did you uh end up going from going to St. Peter's and then segueing that to, so coming I went back to prep home?
1: school? Right, I went to prep school. Um, I went to St. Thomas More Prep School. Shout out to Jerry Quinn, uh, 35 years in the game, produced more than 300, 400 Division I players, couple pros. Um, I wanted to play the level where I could play at. So, what's high major? High major is Ty Lawson, and my cousin-in-law, Ish Smith. Those guys are athletic specimen. What's mid-major. mid majors Dame Lillard and CJ McCullum going for 35 on Duke. I was a low-major point guard, and I was okay. So I chose St. Peter's University because they had the nation's leading scorer at 5'10. And I went there to get my teeth kicked in and practice every day until I earned a slot right next to him. Get a backcourt with a 5'10 and a 5'11 guy, causing terror in the MAC. And we beat Manhattan, the number one team. And we beat Ryder with 6'11", Jason Thompson, who got drafted lottery. And I got player of the game over Jason Thompson and Keijan Clark. 12 points, 8 assists, 6 steals in 25 minutes. Didn't miss a shot. That gave me the confidence when I was being a pro basketball player. But I earned it. I put the work in. And that's what when kids do, put the work in. Let's see what happens.
0: Talk about your time when you uh, ended up coming back home to post.
1: Oh, that was great, man. Um, you know, after two years playing Division I basketball, I didn't have a championship. And that's what it's about, right? It's what keeps scores, championships, right? So Danny Green won two championships in high school because he had a better team than me, right? Um, and I, I didn't want to end my career without a championship. Tim Cluse was dominating the Catholic League championship, championship, championship. I went to CW Post because Tim Cluse gave me a call. You know, the, the, the goat, Iona legend, Saint Mary's CW Post Suffolk Community College legend. Tim Cluse don't lose, so he called me up and said, "Hey." What's your, what's your trophy case missing? I'm like, a championship. He said, come on home, son. I'll give you full scholarship right now. But guess what? We don't win that championship. We got Me and you got problems. And Tim Clues is a Pisces. He's, I think he's March 10th or March 9th or something like that. So, you know, it's crazy. People are born in March. But um, Tim challenged me. And we sat down and watched my film at the D1 level. And he said, your usage rate is high. The ball is always in your hand. And you live without the ball in your hand. What if you play up the ball? I'm like, I love to play up the ball. I'm really a shooting guard. And Tim let me play the wing. like John Schmidt all-time leading scorer, Kenny Burke, top player, Nick Carter, my brother. Me and Nick met at 13, and Nick Carter, son of Reggie Carter, God rest his soul, Mr. Reggie Carter, played for the Knicks. We went 30-0, and and it was the best experience of my life to, to win by an average of 23 points a game and score 1,000 points in two years. And we went to the, the Elite Eight, right? And we played the number one team in the country. We were the number two team in the country. They were only number one because they played more games than us. We were up 14 at the half. And with a herniated disc in my back, right, I had an epidural before the game. 20 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. I held the player of the year to 11, and we lost in overtime. But my final shot in college, we were down 77-74 with 10 seconds to go, and they put the ball in my hand. Spam, bring it home. You know I'm ready. Threw the ball to the left, shallow cut, baseline came out, left corner, knocked it down, put us in overtime. But my back gave up. Mm. You know I literally couldn't even walk, could much less play in overtime. And So we lost our Cinderella year uh, in overtime by like 3 or 4 points, and um, I knew that my purpose with basketball was bigger than just being a national champion. It was for me to continue to do what I do. So, you know, I'm happy to say that 13 years later, I'm still getting to it, and I'm just championing women now. I'm championing kids I have a chance. Mm. That's all.
2: I
0: did want to get into the coaching component of mm-hmm. what you were doing. So, yeah. um, you did you did coach at St. Joe's. What was that experience like? And especially like having your experience yeah. at the D1 level, yeah. and then you know going down a level, and then now yeah. coaching, and also yeah. just like that whole. Difference of, and, and no one ever thinks of it this way, of, you know, resources or lack thereof in mm-hmm. comparison to what you have at the D1 level.
1: Yeah, it was a challenge because, like I said, from age 12 to 19, I committed to being a Division I player. I did that. From age 20 to 22, I committed myself to being a national champion, and I came very close to it. Being a Division three coach, none of that matters. You got to take off your player hat, you got to play off your champion hat, and you got to be the, put the coach hat on. The coach hat is different because you're kind of like a, p- a paternal en- en- energy. So uh, to answer your question, I'm very thankful that my former players told still my friends. I pushed them real hard. Right, Andy Laurent, Billy Heenan, Fernando Vasquez, Sean McCarthy, Nick Galena, uh, Steve O, Matt Renahan, just name a couple of guys. Mike Harris. These are my guys that tolerated my craziness because everyone told me Division Three kids don't have a chance to play pro ball. By the end of, by the end of my coaching career, Evan Muhammad. Uh, from Queens, Holly Cross kid, had a G League look. Joseph Aglio is a Cold Spring Harbor kid that played at Lujay, uh, and played with Tobias Harris. He played two years pro ball in Iceland. And I was in London getting his master's. You tell me what we can do, show you what we can do. They told me I'd never get to the championship without dorms. Our first year, we went to a championship with three all-conference players and lost in the championship. So the Division Three experience for me was Helping kids believe in themselves and all those believed in them. But that's just who I am. Mm. Um, it was challenging because you have to do everything at the D3 level. I don't have a, a, a manager and a manager driving a bus? Budget. Come on, man. I, <laughs> nah, shout out to, you know, Ms. Shantae Hill. She made sure that we had a great experience. Shantae Hill was our assistant AD at three Post when I was there. And she was a head AD. You know, it a black woman. Um, one of the most smartest people I've ever met in my life. And she's still a mentor to me to this day. Um... Until gave me a chance at a young age to prove that uh, my, my love for the game was going to make us a competitive team, and we were. You know, we were forced to be reckoned with, and I'm still very close with Elliot Steinmetz um, from Yeshiva University, uh, one of the top Jewish colleges in the country. Me and Elliot both came in in 2014. I was 28. Elliot, if I'm right, might be 35. Two of the youngest guys, two different cultures, right? And we went at it for years. And Elliot and I were the crazy ones to say we to win a national championship at the D3 level with mm. no, with you know, without the resources of other schools. Elliot did it. Elliot uh, just won a championship. Shout out to Elliot. Just a little plug for Yeshiva, but Elliot uh, went went 150 games straight in the last two years and recruited in Israel, mm. Texas, and mm. L.A., and Jersey. And Elliot has that Mamba, and he's a lawyer in Rockville Center. You know, shout out to Elliot Stymus. But the D3 experience was great, man. With the, had wars with Old Westbury and Bernard Tomlin, had wars with Farmingdale and Brian Toomey, and uh, it was an experience of. Um, You know, the preparation, man. I mean, I'm washing the clothes. I'm getting the Subway sandwiches. I'm making sure they're in class. We got study halls. We got strength and conditioning. uh, We have weights, um, you know, alumni base, uh, getting enrollment up. So I learned a lot, and it's very challenging. So shout out to all the college coaches because parents think it's easy to just find some talent. No, 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 no. It's challenging. And I put five years in it. You know, I got the job without a gray hair on my head, now I'm full of gray, like Sam Jackson now, <laughs> all salt and pepper because it's stressful, but it was great, man. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the logistics of putting together a program. Mm. And I wouldn't trade a day as a D3 coach uh, in the world.
0: I think all of those uh, experiences serve you well. But, you know, one thing that I did want to touch on, I remember when I first started reffing, I used to do flag football. That was my first sport. Second sport was softball. Third sport was lacrosse. Fourth was like, all right, let me let me do these sports. Let me do something that I, I ended up playing when I was a kid and I just remember how hard it was for me to stop playing like pick a ball or playing in an adult league and they're like yo you're wasting your time man you want you want to be 40 years old you want to tear your ACL like I didn't want any of that but it still took me a long time with that separation anxiety especially when you pour so much into a game how was it was it difficult to just like separate yourself especially like after the coaching Mm -hmm. was done I know you're still around basketball but I know you did, did you still want to yeah. play? Did you still no, have that? No, no,
1: no. Uh, after my college career, I was blessed to play with the Washington Generals and the Harlem Globetrotters. I got it all out my system. I did two Globetrotter tours, and the Globetrotters do 125 games a year, you know. So I did 250 games. I played in every NBA arena. I've been to 49 or 50 states. And I played in 17 countries by 25. So every desire I had to play the game, I played at the highest level. It's hard for me to play at LA Fitness or pickup because there's no crowd. I'm not playing in front of 5,000, 10,000. I'm not playing with the love. Right, and then I'm a winner. I hate losing, so I don't want to curse anybody out of LA Fitness Export. It's just not who I am, because right? mm. um, I, I don't put sneakers on to lose, at all. So I get you know me and when me and Dan do camps, I might play a little one on one with some 17 year olds. It's more to teach. I'll play one on one to three, two dribbles max on some pro stuff. I'll touch up my college guys, get see where their physicality is at. Um, you have Devonte Green comes home, but even then, they're, they're killing me. I'm about to be 36 in a week, so like you said, quality of life. Mm. I don't want to be injured when I have some kids one day, have Absolutely a family not. one day. I want to, I want to walk without pain. I already have a herniated disc and a, and a torn shoulder and a, a bad back, so mm. I pick and choose my spots. But you know, if, if, if a young boy want to talk, I got three moves left. <laughs> Anybody wants smoke, just know I put money up. We play one on one. I'm not a college coach anymore, so no more NCA violations of eligibility. I got three moves in the back pocket. I will make you reconsider your love for the game, right? But I'm not playing defense. I'm not crashing the boards. I'm not playing in men's leagues. I was an MVP. Of uh shout out to my man Bryant Mookie Lassiter. Rivalries Never Die. Uh Mookie did a great job putting together the the battles back. North Babylon versus Brentwood and Bayshore versus Longwood. He didn't let me play because I went to St. John the Baptist. So Bryant Mookie Lassiter finally put a Catholic league in there. St. John the Baptist played Kellenberg, right? But guess what? I'm thirty five now. So he told me, Prentice and Tavon Ginyard and and Big Kyle, all my young boys, saying, on the back. Oh, hey, come come back home, come get you some.
0: He froze you out, dog. Oh, I know, fr- I
1: flew out got the MVP. <laughs> I flew out. I haven't played basketball in three years. I wear Crocs. I walk on the beach with my dog. Have an iced coffee and a cigar. And they called me up, and I had to borrow some socks from my mom and some sneakers in the garage. I was zero for three in the first half, and I was like seven for ten in the second half. at twenty two, and got the MVP, and I can retire again. So, Muscle memory, baby. That's it. And, and you had to do it against it. Kellenberg. I had to. Because cause Kellenberg, you know, y'all y'all, y'all like, you know, y'all were my fluff game. You know what a fluff game is? Yeah. Okay, so a fluff game is if I average 30 and Danny Green holds me to 25, i got going to have 35 to get to my 30 average. Y'all was always like my 35, 40 point game. So Kellenberg, y'all like my little booth thing. Yeah,
0: I understand. Y'all like Bay. You see what I'm saying? See, that's basketball, but when, when we come into the volleyball world, the fluff oh, yeah. game is when we play St. John it. the Baptist. You so you don't get that there twisted. You go.
1: Shut, shut the volleyball down. <laughs> I'll be in a crowd with a shirt on or something, man. But yeah, no, no, no. That was. um. You know, for me to still play, my brain is sharp. My body's not. Mm. So I don't want to do something like a in-and-out spin move behind the back jelly and now I'm in a hospital because the hospital bills a lot more than what they pay right. these days for 35, 36-year-olds to play for the love of the game. Right. So anybody my age still playing, shout out to you. I was good when it mattered. Yeah. That's all that matters to me.
0: I, resp- right? I respect that, that line of thinking, man. And, That's it. You know, a lot of referees transition. And, you know, for me— it really extends the game for me. And obviously one of your really closest friends, John, he's, he's a referee and mm-hmm. I would be remiss because we are on the rant. I did want to know what is your perception been growing up all this time of, of referees in general, especially like playing yeah, at a high yeah, level yeah. in Chicago okay. as, at a young age. And then,
1: so you have to understand growing up in Chicago. I feel very bad for referees because of that, the gang violence. So if you're reffing the game in Chicago, like West side or South side, Edmondson Park, Westinghouse, Farragut, these top programs, is is do or die out there. Mm. Literally do or die. So I would never want to be a referee of a game, scores fifty fifty with five seconds on the clock, and you miss that call, you make that call. Referees have to get escorted to their car in Chicago after mm. the game. So I always commend you guys because you're putting your life on the line. Literally, I'm from putting a life on the line. Brooklyn. John calls me some of the horror stories of guys. I'm gonna see you after the game, fam. And my man, John, he's no walk in the park. John got hands. You see what I'm saying? He let yeah. work out, lift weights. You see what I'm saying? My man get to him. But John's like, listen, man, he's hands are certified. I got to fight a dad because it's threatening my life mm. over a 17 and under basketball. I would never win a ref, ever, because you guys literally dictate the outcome of people's everything. Sports fan. What is fan, what is fan short for? Fanatic. Sports fanatic. Fan. They're crazy. So I always had love for referees because you guys literally- uh, invest your own money in the training. You guys go to training camp. You're in great shape. You got to pass the cardio tests. You know, you're wearing those leather shoes. I'm glad they let referees wear Nikes now because when I grew up, they had the, the shiny the, the shiny church orthopedics, right? <laughs> With the tight khaki pants. I got no room in the khaki pants. You know, I always respect this. You got the striped shirt on, your, your pits, got the whistle. Um, but refereeing, there's a science to it. The angles, the communication, communi- but you and your other two referees, you know, the rule changes. Every year is new rule changes. When I was a college coach, we get rule changes every year. People don't know that. We got to dedicate 20 hours to the new rules that we got to watch with the USAB and get certified. And you guys got to do 200 hours mm. of the new rules. So there's so much going on that as a coach and a ref. We both just want to do the best we can. I tell my players, these refs do the best they can. As a coach, I do the best I can. So if I think you missed a call, it's a polite conversation. Right? Hey, Rob, what'd you think of that call? Kev, I think the hand check was there. Maybe it wasn't. All right, just take a look at it. I think number two on the other team is grabbing my guy. Smooth. Right? so Smooth. Make, Just make sure. If you're going to let the players play, let's let them rock. If you're going to be touchy-touchy, let's be touchy-touchy both sides. So if I got a 5'11 kid you got a, and Bernard got a 6'4 kid, you're calling a hand check on my kid, but this kid's – Playing like a bull in a china shop. Let's make sure it's even.
0: But you had the presence of mind as a coach to know that you got to adjust based on the refs that you have that That's night. It. Yeah. Some see some coaches don't do that. I do they that. just they try yeah. to like with brute force. Yeah. As you if like no, you know
1: what I'm saying. No, no, you can't because as I say, if I look at the lineup of the three refs, I know that ahead of time. And I got to report you guys. So it's like, hey, Kevin, how were my refs? Oh, so they were great. You know, first half a little bumpy, but once the once the refs got together by halftime and all kind of found their lather, it was a great second half ref game. That's all they asked for. Mm. The game is not won or lost in the first half. Everybody knows that. So guess what? If one coach is prepared, one coach isn't, and one coach earns a 20-point lead at the half, it has nothing to do with the referees. Mm. So the second half, if the winner lets up a little bit, then it's emotional. It's that sim- cinematic theatrical who's going to win it I hate close games, but if I do my job as a coach and my players do their job as a player, I make your job easy. Mm. Let's win by 20 get up out of here, right? I don't want an overtime game. Not your wife done made a stake. You got to get home to a cold play because we didn't do the right thing. So I actually make the game easy for referees mm. because I coach the right way. Mm. Don't touch them when they're dribbling. Just cut them off, right? Slide off the angle. Long Island kids can't go left, so just cut them off. They'll give it to you, <laughs> right? When their shot goes up, box out early, right? Do not grab, do not bump when the ball's in the air, right? Get your positioning and drive them back using your backside, not your arms. Mm. Don't push off. Create space with your footwork. Then there's no charge. Euro step, spin move, float game, pull up. There's no charge. I make your job easy as a coach because I, I was that elite and efficient of a player. I'm too good for the referees. Mm. Meaning like, I used to always think we three refs and the other five. could be better than eight people. I don't want no call from you because my talent, is better than your refereeing demeanor and the other team. That's how good I want to be. Mm. Better than the refs. I'm better than opposing competition. I'm better than the coach. I'm better than the crowd. I love road games. Because if I put my 30 ball up and we win by 20, you shouldn't say nothing to me. I should say nothing to you. You're just doing your job. I'm doing my job. I'm mm. a killer. You want to make sure I kill correctly. See, this is
0: what happens when somebody puts in the work and we need more Coach Spans out there.
1: Nah, coach Span died. Yeah,
0: I see that. <laughs> but, you know, you want a bigger and better things. And, That's it. You know, I, we'll, we'll just talk about what we're doing now, um, you know, first of all, you've been doing an excellent job of just rolling things out and just really putting Long Island on the map. with And also, you know, just really serving the community out here, mm-hmm. trying to find youth basketball, as well as, you know, really giving a, a a spotlight to women. Just talk about the things that you've been doing currently. Oh, uh,
1: man. So I just shout out to Mr. Danny Green Sr. Uh, he had the vision from day one. Uh, Mr. Green was a huge passion for the game. What I loved about Mr. Green was he taught his kids the fundamentals first. Danny Green, Rashad Green, Devontae Green, Dante Green, you know, Summer Green. Uh you know, and she's coming up if she wants to play ball, she has a, a great legacy to build up with. But Mr. Green was good on the fundamentals, you know, move the ball, right? Form, shoulders square, follow through, shoot a good shot, compete. And so that was the first family that took me in with open arms when I moved from Chicago. And when Danny made it to the NBA, um, the first thing Mr. Green said was get back to the kids. I was just like y'all. Mm. And my dad and Mr. Green, they both coached um, Team Green, you know, the New York Reds for years. So that was their thing. And so me and Danny, a year apart. Dante Green, my brother Trey, Trey Span, they're one year apart. My, my niece, Jade, and, and Summer Green, they're a year apart. We're just like a symbiotic family that both just loves the game. So Mr. Green was the first person to teach us how to run a camp, you know, the ball handling, the passing, the shooting, let them play a little bit of basketball. End of it, we do a coaches versus camper game, you know, so the kids get to display what they learn against us coaches, as coaches get to compete versus them because they ain't listen all week, <laughs> and, and that was the best part, man. Team Green, I found, I found my rhythm as an event director and a, and a coach, literally doing Team Green. Mm. So for that, man, I call Unc up, you know, can, you know, can, uh, you know, um, with Team Green at the Coliseum, it's everything. So we did a Danny Green uh, shooting clinic. I did a clinic for a reason to help the kids focus on the skills, not the games. Everything is game oversaturated. So I, I showed Mr. Green what we're gonna do ball handling, the shooting, the form, the pocket, everything. And we did four great events for the kids, man. We had about 75 kids each clinic. Um, we made sure we had uh, a lot of inclusiveness. We had a lot of the ladies as well as the guys. Shout out to Mary Lepore of Lady Ballers. Kia Wright, Copeg legend. Daniel Wilson, legend. Um, you know, Alicia and Dents was one of the St. Joseph's players. Carmela Gampera was a sponsor. So the ladies really showed out and showed up, um, and, and I appreciate that. And from the ladies' story, I had a chance to take them to lunch. We, we caught up and haven't seen them in years. And they told me that their career was ended with a like, lack of opportunity. Mm. And I said, wait, there's no way Kia Wright, Mary Laporte and Danielle couldn't further their career the way Danny was able to further his career with the NBA, the way I did with the Globetrotters. And so these girls were better than us. I don't lie. Kia Wright, Mary Laporte and Danielle Wilson. Mary's still getting title. to it. Oh, my God. Mary shoots better than us now. Mary's still getting to yeah. it. So, you know, Mary Lepore is averaging 35 in high school. You know, she was all met in college. Key right, four-time all big East. Daniel Wilson was big Big 12 defensive player of the year. Daniel Wilson's the reason why Brittany Griner went to Baylor. No Daniel Wilson, no Britney Griner. Mm. You have to understand, mm. I got some I got some Mambasitas. So when I put together my Mamba team, and shout out to Dolores Loli Gomez. Loli Gomez is my brand ambassador for Span Inc. She's a division one player out of San Diego State, where Kawhi Leonard went. You know, and me and Danny, we were training in San Diego a couple summers. So the Basil community is so so tight and we're family. We built a, a three-on-three classic for women to be able to compete at a high level. And with my background and Danny's platform, we run NBA arenas. We rented the Barclays Center December 26th, and the ladies play for cash prizes. I just rented UPenn, uh, University of Pennsylvania, Ivy League, Division One, the Palestra Arena, and we have a three-on-three classic. But this time, we, have a she, we got a She Got Game Junior division because the girls become women. So if I could help 12- to 17-year-old girls compete for prizes and a trophy— at a Division one facility, look at the dreaming that's going to happen. They're going to dream the game. And then the qualified quarterfinalists, we're playing at the Chase Fieldhouse, the home of the Delaware Bluecoats in Wilmington, Delaware, about 20 minutes south of Philadelphia. And the champion will play at the Sixers practice facility. Wow. And go to a Sixers game to see Danny Green compete for his fourth championship. I'm just a bridge of dreamers, and it's the best thing in the world. So we're going to do eight cities. We're planning to do a New York, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Miami, on the East Coast, and then Phoenix, San Diego, LA where I live, and Vegas on the West Coast. That's my commitment for Span, Inc. to have three-on-three classics at top arenas to let women tell their story, right? And so that, you know, people inspire me, Bria Hartley, right? My sister Brie Jones overseas, um, you know, uh, Tasia to Harris, Tobias Harris's sister, was an incredible coach and player. Me and Tessio were coaches at the same time. Marissa Flagg, good friend of my brother Nick Flagg, played at Cardoza, and I was recruiting the uh, the little brother Travis Flagg. Marissa Flagg was an assistant coach at uh, Seaton Hall. Hall for mm-hmm. years. Roz Goldonwude. I watched Roz play growing up at, at uh, Malloy, and Roz is now top NBA analyst. So these women were hoopers. Mm. And I must create something that allows them to compete, win, tell their story, and be championed. Right? Men are bred. Really, we're bred from our fathers and grandfathers to push past our father's wildest dream. But women are forced to, you know, stay and and take heed until now. I want women to be able to dream their wildest dreams. And hopefully one day by the time I'm an old man with a cane, the WNBA and the NBA will be comparable when it comes to lifestyle, salary, right, and platform. I just found out that the WNBA women, the New York Liberty, find the women and the administration of the organization – for flying charter flights. Why are they getting punished for living an NBA lifestyle, but they're playing just hard as a men. Did you see, when you see the total of the bubble, did you see the NCAA tournament, the women's weight room versus the men's weight room? I did. And the women's food is women's food? It looked like
0: the fire Festival con- concession oh, stand.
1: Man, I have an eight year old niece that's gonna be very tall. My brother's six four, her mother's five eleven, 11, Jade Madison's gonna be tall. And I wanna have a world where my niece can have the same opportunity as men. My mom played ball, right? Danny Green's mom played ball, Miss Renee, right? Play ball. Mm. So we must be able to advocate and work hard. So Philadelphia does not have a WNBA team. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Kenya, Kenya Moore, Long Island legend. Um, and she just won a championship, CIA championship at Lincoln University. And I can't wait to see Kenya first round. But Kenya came to she got game and shut her down. Mm. The difference now with these young women in college is that NIL, they're able to make money from their brand. True. So as you build Referee Rent and I'm building Span Inc., what about these, you know, I do not call them babies, but these 21-year-olds that don't have any job prospects because of COVID shutting down and nobody's in the office. Why cannot I not help women graduate college? Shout out to Jalen Powell, Jerry Powell's daughter, who just won an Ohio State championship. My little sister Jalen Powell won a championship at Ohio State. Why can't they build their brand mm. and make money from their likeness? Like a rent out a Foot Locker, let these ladies do signings, put some money in their pocket. You remember graduating college. You don't want to come back home to mom and dad's basement when you in oh, no. an apartment. So why can I not put some money in their pocket and help them start their own life and get an apartment first and last month's rent, get a car and make some money with their brain? That's mm. what Spanish all about. I work for y'all. I work for y'all dreams. Nobody can pay me my worth. Mm. Nobody. So for that, I wake up every day excited to get to it and build, you know, Kia, right? Train the right way. And Danny W, Danielle Daniel Wilson, LLC, and Lowly Incorporated, and Mary Lapore, Lady Ballers Incorporated. I'm speaking for the people. I push for the people's dreams. They're going to hear us roar while we're here because that's what matters. Mm. It's building your legacy. I'm not working for nobody hard. I work for my legacy. I'm not working for no company and no Fortune 500, no job hard. on work for my legacy. I've worked for Allstate. I've worked on Wall Street. I've worked jobs. And God forbid when I lost a coworker to death or a sickness or she got married or whatever, they replaced me the next day and no way at the job pulled up at the funeral. So I would ever work harder for another company and I work for myself. And that rubs people the wrong way. Because as an entrepreneur, you know everything. There's no paycheck for me. I make my own paycheck. I don't get paid every two weeks. And I hate when people ask, you, oh, what do you do for a living? I live for a living. And I work when the profits are my favor because I'm a boss. Mm. It's a different kind of mentality. I don't have a badge and security and comfort of a salary. We get to it from the bottom. Me and you, we got to wash cars and cut grass to raise money to rent these gyms. You know how expensive a gym in Long Island is? Oh, yeah. You know how expensive an arena is? Oh, yeah. But I got to be crazy to rent the Barclays Center and Nassau Coliseum and Wells Fargo. And people think it's easy, as if anyone else is doing it. So let me know anybody else who talk, they talk in a barbershop or they argue on social media, put your own money up. Mm. Put your brand up in the Barclays Center. Put on a jumbotron. Put your brand on the floor at the Barclays, home of Kevin. Do you think that was cheap? No. With James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin? You think it's cheap in Philly with James Harden? And, but I do it because I believe in my vision. And one day I won't be paying at all because I know that these brand deals and sponsorships, right, we will see the vision. But I'm worried about empowering my team to make sure that we're ready to put on multi-level events. We're mm. coming, whether it's next week, next month, next year. You're going to see us regardless. Yeah. You follow my track record right now. I'm just getting to it.
0: Very inspiring, man. And we'll talk off air. I got I got some things that we, we could possibly work on, but we'll talk about that later, man. But, you know, so inspiring the things that you're saying. You know, I really want to know what makes you tick. After everything you said, what do you think are the attributes? What do you think it took to get to where you are at this moment in time?
1: Combination of my faith in God, um, my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents. Um, I'm half Shinnecock, Native American, half black. So, my grandfather from the Shinnecock, uh, Papa Will, you know, uh, he owned a restaurant in Glen Cove in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, my grandfather had the first cl- uh, cleaning business in Long Island as a black man. Robert Arthur Spann, you know, was cleaning services. My uncle, my uncle Robert Arthur Jr., still runs it. My father's story inspires me. My dad didn't want to clean with his father. My father wanted to have an office. Abraham, Kevin, Spann, and his son's owns three all state franchises, how could I not be this? Mm. How could I not walk in my legacy's foot, my 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 ancestors' footsteps. So as a fourth generation business owner, what makes up me is legacy. And one day when I want to have my own kids, I have my own family, you only you you only get me off the porch when I have my kids because I'm just I'm a stay at home dad, right? I want my wife to, you know, my future wife one day if I can find a girlfriend.
0: You can work uh, remote though.
1: Yeah I can work remote. Yeah, you can but work I want I wanna I wanna boss my wife up. Mm. I, I wanna I wanna marry a boss woman who, you know, can build her business while I'm at home with the kids because mm. I want I want my kids to be my business, mm. right? That's what inspires me and gets me going. So the family I come from, the family I want to build, that's all I need right there. What do you think it's
0: going to take to get to where you want to go and ultimately where do you want to go, especially with spanning?
1: Where I am go is predicated on where I'm at when where I've been. So today on March 2nd, I'm with you right now. I'm 100% present with you. Nothing else is going on. You are
0: present, and I, present. I really enjoy yeah. that you're present.
1: I'm a brand now. So for me, as a brand – you got to think about the next five years, not tomorrow, not Friday. So I'm present, and tomorrow's another task, and then there's another task. And in two weeks we're in Philly, and in April we'll be doing some combines for unsigned seniors at an arena, said announced. And then in May we're right back to another facility, unannounced. So every day I wake up inspired. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, um, that's my motivation right there. So I really can't tell you where I want to be because I'm happy where I'm at, and not people can say that. You know, I want to retire by 40. I'm only 30, I'm only 36 in a week. You ain't got to retire. You can't do that. I am retired. When I say retired, I'm retired from having to dictate my time to anybody else. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So my father taught me the definition of wealth is being who you want to be, where you want to be, with the people you want to be, with no one dictating those terms. That's wealth to me. I don't need a million dollars to be a millionaire. I can affect a million lives. It's a little different. So that's why I'm happy where I'm at.
0: Yeah, you're you addicted to um, just persistence and, that's and being successful. So there's, there's no possible way. A um, couple more questions. If you can describe, what do you think is the most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a player, most stickiest situation that you've ever had as a coach, and the most stickiest situation that you've ever had running Spanish?
1: When you say sticky, do you mean adversity?
0: Whatever. Whatever that is, an injury, yeah, something right. talking I mean, crazy.
1: I would say as a player, right, parsing as a player – is 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 being an individual talent and winning. So, not that I ever care about else's opinion, but in Long Island, they care about you being the the man and the championship. You know how hard that is.
0: So hard. At I mean, you feet, talked about it just yeah. before. You was
1: so at you, my you high school, was, school career, I knew I could score with anybody, but I had to run the team as a point guard. And you that lost was by my, thirty at St. Mary's. Yeah, still, exactly. So you know, thirty balls on St. Mary's, but if we lose, I'm a loser. But then if I win as a player, I won in college. I went to three championships in four years in college. Nobody knows that. I lost my freshman year to Steve Burt and I mean of Iona, mm-hmm. so my guy. And I won two championships. But they say, oh, you you, you wasn't a man. Well, I sacrificed being a man for the championship. I was mm-hmm. the second and third leading scorer every year, right? But they wanted – so that was my sticky situation. And I realized uh, the man in the arena, it's not about other people. It's about how you feel about yourself. So, to score a thousand points in high school and a thousand points in college and a thousand points professionally and have championships, I'm undeniable as a player, as a coach. I'd say there are challenges coming from where I'm coming from and looking like how I look. I'll just leave it at that. Also,
0: being young, That's just being it. young is hard. And
1: being Kevin Spinn, I have challenges, right? So, they don't give it. I got to tell you, I had challenges of recruiting. I had no dorms, I didn't have any programs for disenfranchised kids, single parent households. So when you look at other institutions that have lower academic standards, I have a high academic standard, they have dorms I don't. There were challenges there, and I loved each one of them. And the challenge of the business, man, is easy, money. 95% of businesses fail in the first five years due to lack of capital, nothing else. So I own a house in New York, and I've rent in LA and I've rented in Philadelphia. I got bills to pay, right? And then I run NBA arenas, it Costs money. But the challenge with me is like, I made it look too easy. You know, me and Danny Green doing these camps and doing these businesses, people just think the money falls to the sky. No, it costs money to do this stuff. But now I'm hiring people. So I'm proud to say that in 2021, the second year of my, my company's called Enhance Your Lifespan and it's llc in California. My DBA is Span Incorporated in New York, Span Brand, Span Inc. So I hired 127 people in 2021. We did a whole $150,000 in payroll. I didn't pay myself. I make a dollar a year on paper because I don't pay the taxes as a business owner. But I felt better. Imagine being 22 years old, your goal is make six figures. And then 12 years later at 35, you did six figures in payroll in a month. Business is hard, but I love it because you're constantly solving problems. Mm -hmm. I didn't get in business to make money. I got in business to solve problems. You solve the problems, you start making some money. So I love the fact that it's not easy for me. Every day I wake up and I owe 30 grand, but there's 5,000 in the bank. How I get 25? That's the same challenge. That's where I put my energy. I don't play ball no more. I'm out here playing business. Yeah, I'm trying to compete with Hov.
2: Mm.
1: I'm trying to compete with Dame Dash and Kanye and 50 and, and Dr. Dre. That's what makes me crazy. Well, well, you need to start rapping then. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I have my industry. And it's a ball and a hoop. It's fair. That's all. Um,
0: what do you think is your best moment as a player, best moment as a coach, and best moment thus far running? You ready? I'm ready.
1: As a high school player, I earned a full scholarship. My parents are to go to college. As a college player, uh, on my father's, I do the math on it, on my father's 46th birthday, I put a regional championship NCAA trophy in his hand and a thousand point ball in his hand and my business degree in my father, in my mother's hand. As an entrepreneur, uh, I produced a movie for my mother. And I put my father's name on the Barclay Center, my legacy. Right, And at a moment with my parents of uh, becoming their wildest dream, my parents' favorite player is Dr. J. I've been working with Dr. J the last six months. Shout out to Barry Bookhart, his manager, who's been a mentor of mine. But to speak with Mr. Bookhart and learn how to build a brand through Dr. J's brand is everything to me. My parents' favorite player. My nickname is Doc because my father was a Dr. J fan. Danny Green calls me Doc because he knows my dad calls me Doc. Mm. To work with Dr. J and help Long Island save their legacy and to campaign for women and she got game in the Barclays. That's my best moment because it was about my people. It wasn't about me, right? It was never about me, right? I am a fluid concept of my parents' wildest dream and what the kids need and what the ladies need. I'm here for y'all, right? I don't need much. I'm a minimalist because I know that what I'm building will be here way longer than me.
0: Man, keep that energy. One more final question that I have for you. Basketball has brought you so many different things in life. It's brought you travel, it's brought you competitive edge, it's brought you some of your best friends that you've met. It's brought you a, a a thriving brand. What does basketball mean to you? What does it given to you in your life?
1: I don't think I've loved everything. I don't think I've ever loved anything more. Right. So, are you are you are you a Marvel a Marvel comic book fan? You see Thanos. You, you there see it the, is. Yeah, right Who is there. Thanos in love with?
0: <sighs> Thanos is in love with success. Nope.
1: If you look at the comic books, not Thanos and Marvel. Thanos and comic, Thanos was in love with death. He is in love with death. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I don't want I to be too dark, but Thanos you. in the Marvel movie. His whole thing was we have too many people in the universe enough resources. And they think he was a martyr for that, right? I said it to say my relationship with basketball is I, I, I love her to death. Basketball is my girlfriend. She's mm. my wife. Mm. I've been married since I was one years old. Mm. So I've been married for 35 years, just not on paper. right? Well, actually, are on paper because we have a lot of contracts together. Go, Google them. Right? But, but, but basketball was my first girlfriend because— she helped me get out of a dangerous neighborhood. She helped me get a free education. She took me around the world. I don't pay for flights and stuff like that. I don't pay for tickets. So basketball is my companion, right? It was it, to people. They thought it was funny when Snot Lathan went to prom with Spalding. I literally went to prom with Spalding, right? Like I was in love with the game, um, the work, how quiet the gym is when it's just me and the ball and the court. I'm talking to myself. I'm pl- planning it myself. So my relationship with basketball has always been that of a romantic comedy right? And my dad also says, she'll leave you too. Basketball's left me before. We've, we've been divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried. You know, sometimes I see her with another man, right? Making him happy and helping him be an MVP and helping him get a bag, but I love her to death and she loves me. Mm. And so when I leave her and then we break up for a bit and I might try to do something else, you know, be a barber or be a, you know, talking about
0: basketball. Yeah,
1: if I'm, a, if I'm a day trader or a yacht connoisseur or a cigar consigliere and I'm not around basketball, bad things happen to me, mm. right? So when I come back to her, Things happen to me. So I have to realise that I must always keep her at the forefront. And you know, any woman that wants to date me one day or be my girlfriend, you have to realise to share me with basketball. Mm. So I probably have to date a woman based around basketball who loves her just as much and you know, but she means the world to me because um it's a spiritual frequency, mean the game. You know, you will never get the work you will never get the accomplishments from the game if you don't put the work in. I've courted her. I've given her my varsity jacket, I give her flowers, I take her on dates. I take her to Spies, right? I love the game of basketball because she's my everything. Hopefully she loves me too. Yeah. you know, And that's really what it is. The game means me, is to me. It's just love. Yeah, the love of the game.
0: Yeah. And if it had not been for basketball, we wouldn't be having this oh, conversation no. at was, all. So. I'm actually
1: scared of what I'd be without basketball. So me too. That should tell you everything me too. about
0: it. Listen, man, appreciate your time. We're going to leave some more meat on the bones for a part two. Hopefully we're doing it in, in LA. Let's do it. In somebody' pool or something.
1: Yeah, do it in my pool. but We'll definitely right do that, man.
0: Any final words you want to say before we part ways?
1: Um. Thank you for having me, man. Uh, this was dope. Uh, like I said, I, I love the referent. I think you having a platform to speak from a different part of the game to help people understand what you go through, but also giving the platform that what they go through is really dope. And other collaborate you in the future, man. And I'll be uh. You know, I don't know my man, my man John. I'm over here trying to get John away from refereeing. John Ager. So as John builds his trucking business and John's fashion brand. He'll be my go-to guy to start booking referees for multiple events. So let's get Let to me it. know, man. And if I get a family discount, that'd be great, man, because payroll's killing me. Talk to me. So you guys heard it now, man, <laughs> right? Referee ran half off with all Span Inc. environments. <laughs> I'm paying 62.50 for every game. I can't pay the 125 this man. This, man. <laughs> my guy.
0: For Kevin Span, Span Inc., this is Ralph the Ref. This is The Ramp. We are signing out. Peace.